Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. This is Jeff Lerner, your host. Always excited to be here with you, doing exactly what I love to do, which is hang out with really interesting, cool, successful people. Today is no exception. I'm joined by Brad Lambert. He's a producer, talent manager, and speaker based in Los Angeles. Used to work in the sports industry, migrated over to Hollywood. He's done a few things with a few names you might have heard of. Like, let's start with the studios. Disney, Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal. Now let's go to the celebrity personalities. Gary Vaynerchuk, Chris Hemsworth. This one guy that you might have heard of named Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) If you haven't heard, he might be the greatest character actor on earth. No offense, Robert De Niro or anyone else. Agreed. Um, just amazing resume and i'm stoked to have you you on the show brad welcome it's great to be here i really appreciate it yeah this is this is great um so so talk a little more i mean those are those are huge names huge associations i know you've done digital marketing campaigns i know that you have a management business production business but can you give a little more specificity like what exactly does brad do every day brad tries to live out his passions on a day-to-day basis that's it. And oh. and provide as much value as he can to everyone around him. And that's that's what drives me. And that's that's where I've been able to kind of create the life I have and the relationships I have. Well, uh, that's pretty much everybody's dream, I would say, to <laughs> live out their passion. Um, what What is kind of your main focus in your business presently? Uh, it goes back value. How can I provide value for you? Jeff, how can I provide value for you? Gary, how can I provide value for you? Downey, it's the same thing. It's yeah. it's always being there. If you can provide value consistently at a high level, it could be big or small, but consistently you will always get a phone call and that's where you want to be. Yeah, so let's just pause on that point for a second because there are so many people in the world and I'm sure you get it. I get it. Uh, just, you know, being visible on social media, especially people yep. that like, they want this result. They want this outcome for their life. And it's very, and I, and I don't think this is what, through any malicious intent or, but it's maybe just a little bit of a misunderstanding of how the world works where it's like, I want value for me. And if I'm hearing you right, that's kind of the opposite of the right approach, right? Correct. So, so you go to a guy Let's pick Robert because I'm just like, I'm a huge fan. You go up to a guy like Robert Downey Jr. Say, hey, how can I provide value for you? What does a guy like that want from someone like you? So I took the broad approach and it was what could I add to Downey and his team? So I provided value to Downey, his team, his production company. I, I also got my shotgun intro to Hollywood. So simultaneously, I brought my business and marketing experience. I helped on the social media side, the PR side, the marketing side, while diving into the production side as well and providing value there. So whether it was big or small, my goal each and every day when I was with Downey and his team was to provide as much value as possible. And that's what I did. So depending on who it is, you know, for example, Willie Parker, two-time Super Bowl champion, Mm -hmm. same kind of thing. You look at the potential opportunity, you look who the person is, you look at their brand, you identify areas where they could be better or areas where there's nothing at all. And you go in and you plug the value. 
So it's so it's very consultative. It sounds like where it's not just, hey, you know, do you need? Are you hungry? I'm going to run a Chick Fil A. It's like. Yeah. Let me analyze the landscape around you and see what maybe something you're not seeing or an opportunity you haven't seized upon. And let me be the connector. Is that? Yeah, I, I, uh, the, the connecting element's huge. I'm a big relationship guy. Um, I, I think without your relationships, you're not going to do anything or, or mm -hmm. achieve anything. Uh, I'm sure you can attest to that. Um, but it, it is a value play. It is no, no matter how big the value is, if you can bring value consistently to the table, you will always be a person of value to somebody. And that's the thing. If your phone can consistently ring because people are calling you asking for things, that's because they know you can provide value. And that's a great place to be. What, what is your kind of core competency that, that, that people are gravitating towards in terms of that value? Is it is it digital marketing expertise? Is it a, a giant book of relationships you've built over the years? Like, what is it that you're, you've sort of worked really hard to master? Uh, I, I would say my greatest skill is relationships. Hmm. And, and it's not networking. I hate that word. It, it sounds like you have ulterior motives. I am a genuine relationship builder. So this is our first time connecting, Jeff, and I can't wait to continue to build this relationship with you. I'm not looking for anything. Right. It is a genuine, I'm trying to surround myself with people who I admire and who inspire me. They could be massive celebrities or they could be up and comers. They could just be good people. That's what I'm about. And if you can create genuine and authentic, powerful relationships with people, you'll get in pretty much any room you want to. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll say, you know, just kind of as, as an aside, you know, when we came on, I mean, we've, we've known each other for all of what, eight minutes now. Yeah. And, and right out of the gate, um, you, you hit me with a very personal, you know, you, you basically gave me condolences on the fact that my mom passed away and it's, you know, I didn't, and it didn't feel like a ploy or, and frankly, I, you know, I don't have any great thing to offer you right now. We're here to just do a little value dance 100%. and try to share with the world. But like it was, it was very like, you've, you've made an impression on me. I'm like, Oh, he, thank you. You know, he, he recognized something that I'm dealing with and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that energy for sure. Um, so, so let's back up then. Uh, you were in sports before entertainment, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Tell, tell me a little bit about that part of your career. So uh, I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. So oh, yeah. when you're born in Pittsburgh, that's a sports town, whether it's the the Penguins or the Steelers. So I kind of was was born and raised in that kind of setting. So um, as I grew up, I actually moved to North Carolina, but I still maintain that Pittsburgh blood and that Pittsburgh, you know, hometown nature. So I, I wanted to dive deeper into sports because that's what made me happy. I love sports. Uh, I was two sides of the coin for me. It was sports and entertainment. Mm -hmm. So first I went at sports hard. I was like, I want to provide value and build genuine relationships with these guys that I watch on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. I wanted to be friends with these players. I didn't want anything. I just wanted to have genuine relationships with these guys. And I was able to get connected to a few of them. And then it was my job to prove myself because you know I'm just an outsider at this point. So you prove yourself by providing that value. You prove yourself by being genuine and authentic and giving a crap about their lives personally and professionally. So it would get texts like, hey, Willie, great game on Sunday. I loved your two touchdowns. And then it would also be like, hey, how's your mom and sister doing? You know, how's your father? 
how's your brother Jay? Like it, it, it's stuff like that where you really break it down and you care about people. And like you mentioned earlier, that was something I, I did my research on you. So I came prepared to this chat and I saw that you went through a recent loss. So the good human thing to do would be to extend condolences and actually care about you and your well-being. But those are things that in today's world, Jeff, not a lot of people do. They only care about themselves, and that's a huge problem. And that's why a lot of people don't have strong relationships because they put their self first. And in certain scenarios, you got to do that. If it's an unhealthy situation, you have to put yourself first, and you got to remove yourself from the situation. But at the end of the day, man, life is hard enough. We need to quit making it so difficult by being rude, nasty, disrespectful, and just horrible to each other. We have to be there for each other. And I think that is our greatest superpower is giving a crap about one another, elevating the people around us and good things happen. Yeah. It's interesting. There's kind of this, this like paradox where the more visible and successful people get, it's at, and you think that, oh, well, there's more people that want to, you know, be in their proximity, but actually the, the less connected they feel in a lot of ways and the sure. less genuine the relationships tend to become sure and you can I, I would imagine what you're saying is you kind of can differentiate yourself by being the one guy in their universe who's not trying to take yeah it, it gets to the point man where if you once again you have to come at it from a genuine approach if you really authentically don't connect with someone it's okay like you may not like me, we, we may not vibe and that's okay, but we have to maintain that professionalism and that respect. But if you genuinely can connect with someone, right? That's where you have to put all your effort and be authentic in your approach. And when you do that, you do stick out like a sore thumb in a good way. Mm -hmm. And then people, are, it gets to the point where it's like, who are you? You know, and it gets to the point where you've provided so much value, not asking anything in return that they're like, okay, enough. What, what can I do for you? Right. And that's, that is where you want to be. Like my, my quota of giving more, giving, uh, in, in regards to receiving my giving is way more and I wouldn't have it any other way. But a lot of people don't think like that, you know, because not only when you're giving without expectations, are you building a strong relationship for yourself or a reputation, excuse me, you're building a strong reputation for yourself, but you're also building strong relationships. And we've all heard the quote, your network creates your net worth. Mm -hmm. So if you have strong relationships with a bunch of people, many people, they don't have to be your inner circle, but if you can have good relationships and they view you as a kind giving person, you're creating a very powerful brand for yourself. And, and let's, not, uh, let's not tiptoe around it. Everybody on this planet is a brand today, whether yeah. you like it or not. So you really have to be cognizant of how you treat other people. Because if I disrespect you in the first eight minutes of us meeting each other, you're going to go on and tell everyone that Brad Lambert's an asshole. And that's just the way it is. That, that might have not been my intention, but that's how you perceived me. Image is everything. Perception is reality. If you perceive me to be an asshole, I'm an asshole. So I actually need to care about how you perceive me because it, it doesn't matter what I think because how you're going to go and spread to your network and your friends and your relationships, I better make sure that our interaction and our conversation is a good one so we can hopefully have another one.
Right. But that's actually giving a crap about somebody else and getting out of your own way. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos said, and I think I'm quoting him exactly, you know, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. 100%. And that's it. And, and I'm really glad you, you put a, a declamatory statement to it. Every single human being on earth is a brand today. Because, you know, I work with a large number of aspiring entrepreneurs, people sure. that are starting a business, people that are starting to correlate their value more with themselves and less with maybe their employer. Sure. And this concept that you're describing that you and I may take for granted is so foreign. It's, it, it's as, even though it's so real and so omnipresent, it's also so foreign to most people. Like most people, you say, tell me, you know, what are the kind of basic characteristics of your brand? They're like, what am I cattle? Like, are you, <laughs> I have a stamp on me or something? They don't even know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. And in um, today's world, your, your social media is currency. And that's, that's it. Like it, it, if you're up for a job and talent wise, you're the same level, but you have 25,000 followers and the other person has 200, you're getting the job because yeah. that's 25,000 in value that you're bringing to the table. And it's, and it's 25,000 data points that says you're not a scam artist or a liar. hundred percent. That's, that's what it is. People don't like this reality. I mean, I was talking to a guy earlier today who I had on the show and after the show, uh, he was a real estate investing guy and I was asking him how it worked. And I was like, so, you know, what's the process and, and what if I bring you referrals? And he said, oh, well, if you bring referrals, this is how it works. And I was like, well, what if I want to try a deal? Just, and he's like, oh, well, for you, it works this other way. And the reason it works different for me, and I'm not like, I mean, I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I have, yeah. <laughs> have 90,000 Instagram followers or whatever, but that's enough. Yeah. That frankly, I get special treatment. Yeah. Look, I have 25,000 and I get special treatment. Yeah. So like sure. the, it is very much a sliding scale. Obviously, the more followers you have, the more value you have. We've seen Charlie D'Amelio, who's what, 16, 17 years old on TikTok, and yeah. she has 100 million followers. She's taking over at the entertainment world because she has 100 million followers. So, I mean, Ariana Grande, she posts a single on her 178 million followers on Instagram. There's no surprise why she's on the Billboard top ten. Yeah, yeah, every, you're right. It's time. literally she. If she wants to have a platinum single, she literally just makes a post. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, so what do you say to? I mean, those are celebrities. Those are yeah. signed artists and so forth. Although, admittedly, the TikTok phenomenon is a whole <laughs> other thing, and you know, that's like it's important. New, that's like the new Justin Bieber phenomenon where people yeah. just come out of nowhere. <laughs> but like, what do you say to? the average small business owner who's like, I don't want to mess with all that. I just want to like, you know, do, do my auto upholstery or I want to like <laughs> fix my rock chips in the windshield or like, yeah. does it matter as much for that guy too? I, I truly believe everyone should be on social media. I, I think it's a missed opportunity because if you have a influencer with 2 million followers come to your restaurant, even if it's a mom and pop shop and they may, they want to make a post yeah. But you don't exist on Instagram. You just missed out 
on tremendous exposure for your your page, your brand, your location, your business, because you don't exist on social media. From that one opportunity, you could have gained 100,000 followers from that. You yeah. don't know. But it, it and also people now look at your social media. And if you're not on social media, unless you're a Jeff Bezos already established, they don't take you seriously. And that that like in my industry, I'm not even making this up. When I first moved out here, it was like, if you don't have 10,000 followers, you're not allowed into this event. I'm not even, it's like a, a skeleton key of getting wherever you need to go. Hmm. And now it's, if you're not verified, you know, working with big brands or studios or things like that, I'm, I'm lucky because I have these relationships, but like social media is everything now, whether you like it or not. And you have to take it seriously. If you have a private account, you're not doing yourself any favors, right? If you're private, you're, hiding stuff from people at this point so like maybe you need to think about how you're using social media because clearly you're smart enough to make it private but right. you need you need to open it up you need to show people who you are the greatest compliment i get is you're the exact same person that you yeah. portray on social media and i mean i i wouldn't have it any other way i'm not playing a character this is me i've been the same guy since i lived in pittsburgh like that's how it is but that is what you're looking for. You want someone to look at your social media and be like, I know who that is. I know who Jeff is from his social media. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I 100% resisted what you're saying yeah. until, <laughs> until September 2018 when I decided I want to do something new in the world. I want to create this entrepreneurial education brand, which I didn't even have a name for it at the time, but now it's called Entre Institute. Um, but it was basically, I want to step out of what I've been doing and step into doing a new thing where I'm going to be evaluated on, you know, by a cold audience. Yeah. So that was it. It's like, I want to do business with the, with the cold audience that doesn't already know me. There was nowhere for me to go with that other than get visible. 100%. That, that was it. I had to do it. And, um, you know, that was September 2018. And what I'll say is, because I feel like I can kind of speak from both sides of like, I know what it's like to think that social media is annoying and that it's even in that it's superficial and that it represents totally. the corrosion of our culture and that like it's melting people's brains and it's horrible and blah, blah, blah. But mostly it was just because I didn't want to deal with it. So I, I horribleized it and I demonized it because yeah. I just didn't want to deal with it. But now that I'm on the other side of it and I'm, you know, I'm emerging with a, with a pretty strong brand. I love what you're describing, which is that it forces you to, uh, to make a conscious decision to align your public persona and your private persona because it's blurred that line in a way that nothing else ever has. And I think now that's a great thing. It's, it's, it's accountability. It's, it's yeah. your portfolio, you know? Like uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to come on a show like this because of the platform that I've built and that I'm continuing to build. And like, you know, people who come to my brand, they see me very clearly. And I hope it's an instant, oh, that's definitely someone I would work with yeah, because of how I carry myself. And that's the gut reaction any intelligent human being would want is like, oh, yeah, I, I want someone to look at my stuff and be like, that's who I want to work with. Mm -hmm. That's who I want to have a relationship with. Like that people like one bad tweet, one bad post could bring the whole house down. You know, Warren Buffett said it takes 50 years to build a good reputation. Now it's like five seconds to ruin it with social yeah. media. So like, 
yeah, like I, I consult with talent all the time. I'm like, you probably shouldn't be posting stuff like this right? because brands are looking at you. And yeah, you may have 3 million followers, but if you're posting this stuff, that's not a good brand look for you. These brands are going to run in the other direction. They don't care about your social media following that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just reading, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday about the, the guy that directed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn, movies. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, there was, oh, you know what it was? I was on, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing out. What's the, the wrestler guy who's in it? Uh, Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah, Batista. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, I was like, anyway, I was on his Instagram and there was a signed petition from him and all the other actors in the movie in support of that director. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Studio's yeah. not changing their mind. It, 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 I mean, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. That was 15 years ago. Yeah, which I mean, is, the, which is probably a shame, but it, it also is. is the reality. It is. It is on both ends. So that's where it's tough. But that's why you have to make sure like 10, 15 years ago, James Gunn was an adult. OK, it's right. not like he was a child. There's a big yeah. difference. If he was a kid saying stupid stuff online. OK, you can probably, depending on what it is, move on from that because you were immature and you needed to grow up. James Gunn was an adult when he said those ridiculous things. And, yeah, they held him accountable for it which I think anyone in their right mind who posts on social media should be held accountable if you're an adult, right. you know? And like, that's, that's why your brand is so important where like you go on my Instagram and I'm so strategic and intentional about what I say and how I say it. And I literally reread things in my head, revisualize things in my head multiple times before I hit that post button. Because if there's some way, shape, or form, it could be twisted or manipulated or taken out of context, I'm not going to post it. There are so many times where I'm, I have my, my phone going and I'm like, oh, I'm about to tweet this out. And I'm like, is this worth saying? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I sat next to a lady on a plane the other day, and, and I'm not going to take us down this rabbit hole. I'll just kind of mention the circumstance. Sure. But I sat next to a lady on a plane who was, uh, we were flying from Sacramento to Phoenix. And I'd been out in Sacramento for doing a, a show appearance and we were flying back and she's like, she's on it with the, with the flight attendant. She's like pissed. She's like, I don't even know. She's like, you didn't ask me if I want to drink and I'm, I'm a premium president's club member and I don't even know what the rules are anymore. Why didn't you ask me if I want to drink? I want to drink. And the lady's like, do you want to drink? And she's like, yeah, that's my point, but you didn't ask me. And she's totally on it. Finally, I'm like, I said, because I, I was like, ma'am, are you okay? Like, you seem, seem pretty worked up about you know, like, <laughs> this situation. Like, do you, yeah. you want my, like, should I get a drink and you can have mine too? Like, what yeah. do we need here? <laughs> and she goes, I'm sorry. I'm just so upset. I've been watching people die for the last three days. And she goes off on this whole thing. Turns out she's an ICU nurse. Sure. Working in, you know, dealing with COVID. Yeah. And then she proceeds, but now as she starts to have some drinks, she starts to really let her rip about her deep feelings about it. And I'm not going to get into it, Sure. but like she starts saying what would be considered some pretty controversial stuff. Yeah. And I got off the plane and I'm, you know, cause I'm like a, I'm like a compulsive content creator. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get on my video and I'm like, dude, I just had the most like <laughs> our conversation with this ICU nurse and she told me this and you wouldn't hear this on the media and da, da, da. and then I I called my wife 
And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just recorded this video and I'm gonna upload it. And she's like, what's it about? And I said, as soon as the word COVID came out of my mouth, she goes, stop, go to like, get home, come get in bed next to me. Let's have a good night's sleep. And if you still want to post that in the morning, you post it. I did not want to post it the next morning. Cause it's like, what's the you. point? I I'm not going to, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. All yeah. I'm going to do is stir is the pot, stir the pot and give some people a reason to think I'm a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is. is, it's like, that's the um, thing. You're not going to change anyone's mind. No. And, and that's once again, being very intentional about what you're saying and why you're saying it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the big thing now. I mean, you, you just have to be very careful and, and it's 2021 guys. Like that's so important for what you say and how you say it, because that could come back to bite you tomorrow or five years from now. Like, but the, Here's the other thing about it from my point of view is like, you know, the world hasn't really changed. Social media has just made it easier for people to jump to snap judgments. It's 100%. not like people weren't making snap judgments before. You just used to have to go meet somebody in person. Yeah. 100%. Like, oh, I don't look at his shoes. He must be poor. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that belt. He must be homosexual. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were already doing that as dumb humans. Yeah. Now we just don't have to work so hard. But it's like people that think social media created that impulse. Dude, they were doing that in the Old Testament. It, it, it's a megaphone for people to be critics and share right. their opinions. And that's that's the one thing I don't like about social media is like people feel so tough behind their cell phones and their computers oh, now. Yeah. They'll just say whatever they want because they know they're not going to be held accountable uh, unless it's ridiculous and then the accountability comes. But it's just more or less like the the digital tough guys and people who just are bullies and, you know, whereas you wouldn't say that to my face, you know, there's a big difference. So it's, it's, that's why I'm trying to, to, to spread kindness and positivity and, and understand that life's hard enough, especially during a pandemic. So we shouldn't be tearing people down or being negative or just making things more difficult. It's just not worth it. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you know, you can get a free copy of my book, The Millionaire Shortcut, which shows you the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy. There's a special link just for this episode in the description. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. I can look at my social media two years ago when I first started putting out content and I, you know, I had a lot of bullies and haters because I yeah. was a little guy. I was the guy with like 12 followers and four views on his video. And so then sure. the mean kids come out and they like want to beat me up because they think I'm a loser. And then now I can look back and go, you know, I'm so glad that I never responded in kind Yeah, because if you ever plan to amount to something, go ahead and start acting like you're already there now. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. And what's funny is like, if someone says something nasty to me, I respond with kindness. Yeah. And, and I've literally, you know, kill them with kindness. I, I've had people who, who have just been hating for the purpose of hating. There's no purpose to it other than that. And I, I respond with kindness. I'm like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it when it's a hateful comment. So then they're like, they just can't comprehend what just happened to them. And then I've gotten follows out of it. I've gotten DMs out of it. Like I've literally had conversations on the phone with people who've come at me digitally. And, and literally, like you said, are you okay? Like what, I want to break this down. Like, why are you upset? And we've had conversations and, and at the very end, I've gotten responses like you've, you've changed how I view things. Like I, I'm, I am so profusely sorry. 
Like, and that's just, I could have came at them negatively, hatefully. And instead I came at them with kindness and they just like self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so disarming. They don't, you're not giving them the, the hit that they're, that they're asking for. Like, yeah. It's like they injected and there was no drugs in the syringe. And they're like, I, why am I not getting that feeling that I'm used to? And I don't <laughs> they, know they, they want the battle and I'm not yeah. going to give it to you. I'll just thank you so much for the kind comment. And then they're like, wait, that wasn't kind. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. I mean, I love this, this value con concept of like, you know, kind of when you're starting at the bottom. And I remember when I was in my 20s, I was a musician. Yeah. Like I, I played piano and you know, for me, my first introduction to this kind of dynamic of like, oh, that person's got this aura or this accomplishment or knowledge that I would love to get access to. And for me, it was I was a piano player getting booked to play parties in their homes. Nice. And so I, I, I played in the homes of like probably half a dozen billionaires and then like, you know, a dozen or more centimillionaires and CEOs <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know. And, and I was just a piano player, but I was like, you know, I'm standing next to T Boone Pickens, who's worth $2 billion. And I'm like, Mr. Pickens, <laughs> you know, I, listen, I, I know I'm the piano player. It may, it may come out of left field, but like, would you mind giving me just, you know, and I would ask him like his story and I would take notes and I would be interested. So I, I know the, the power of proximity. Yeah. And that's when I was inspired to become an entrepreneur. And um, so my, and, and I know that for a lot of people that don't have a lot of resources in, in their mind, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of money is what they mean, but they have the resource of, of enthusiasm, of, of time, of the ability to deliver value. So can you talk a little bit about how you convert this, this value ethos into some sort of business result? Because that's what so many people that don't have the, the capital resources are trying to do. They're like, I'll go, I'll go be a coffee runner or do whatever. But how does that actually help me ascend the ladder? Uh, like you said, starting out, it's all about proving yourself, finding and understanding yourself. Okay, you, you really have to have a fearlessness to you to where you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to fall on your face. And even if you do, you'll pick yourself back up and you'll get right back at it. You shake off and you keep going. And that's something that whoever's listening, I don't care if you're 15 or 35, it's the same mentality you have to have through your entire life. Because I personally swing for the fence in every aspect of my life. I don't settle anywhere. Like I will swing for the fence. Sometimes I hit little singles here and there. Other times I hit the home runs that I'm looking for. But I have understood what I'm capable of because I continually challenge myself to swing for the fence, right? Mm -hmm. So by doing that, by challenging myself, by putting myself in the fire and being like, figure it out, you really push yourself to realize, wow, I am really capable of, of doing these things that I had hoped I could do. And, and with that, you build that confidence, you build that reputation, you build those relationships, and you understand that if someone comes at you and says, hey, Jeff, I need XYZ, and if you've never done XYZ before, most people would be like, Jeff, I love you, but I, I, I can't help you here. I'm sorry. But because you're constantly swinging for the fence and you're fearless in your approach, you actually respond, you know what, Jeff, give me a few days. I'm going to make a few calls and I'll get back to you. 
Right. Big difference. But a lot of people would be right gut reaction. Jeff, I have no idea how to do this. I'm sorry. You know, but that's the problem is, is, is people are afraid to try. And then when you dive into something like right now, I'm, I'm writing a children's book. Never done that my entire life. Right. But guess what? I will be a published author very soon. Mm -hmm. So most people are like, I'm not an author. Well, you're not an author until you're an author. Right. right. I'm not a producer until I'm a producer. What's the difference? Like you said earlier, be the person you're going to become right now. Just do it now. And that's, I mean, I'm 32 years old. So like, I'm very much still in that mindset of like, I'm not Kevin Feige. I'm not the greatest producer alive. Right. But I'm certainly trying to work there and, and get to that level in that zip code and that universe that Kevin Feige's in. But that's the whole point is like being fearless in your approach and saying, you know what? I don't care if I fall on my face because I'm not going to lose. I'm going to learn so much from that where I'm going to realize that doing it the way I did was wrong. And that's so much value that I can take for the next time I approach something like that. So it's constantly challenging yourself to where you do feel like, yeah, whatever the task is, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot at it. And if for whatever reason I can't make it happen, I'm going to say, Jeff, you know what, man, I, I exhausted all my, my options here, but I have three people that you can call that I, I think can help mm -hmm. you with your, your problem. And look, at the end of the day, if you're a problem solver, which is all the value exchange, right? If you're a problem solver, you're still going to get credit in a way. Cause they'll rem remember like, yo, Brad connected that dot to that person that got that thing done. Without Brad, that connection doesn't happen, and I don't solve my problem. So that is so pivotal where it's like, why wouldn't you take the chance to be that little connector worst-case scenario, right? Instead of being like, yeah, I called Brad, but he was like not into it. Right. <laughs> like, don't miss that chance. Yeah, it's interesting. As you were speaking, I kind of had this – thought in my mind like when people say oh can, hey can you do this for me can you do that for me you go oh, i can't do that i don't do that you actually have no idea if you can do it or not because you never actually know what you can do until you bump up against what you actually can't do yeah you know because somebody said hey jeff can you um can you paint me a portrait i mean i actually don't know yeah <laughs> You know, I've never tried. And, and I mean, if I try and it's terrible, then I'll know like, yeah, that's not my gig. But like you said, uh, you know, I could say, well, I, I maybe I, you know, I, I can get you a great portrait painting. Yeah. Is that a, is that why that's a perfectly reasonable response? Jeff, can you paint me a portrait? You know, I can get you an amazing portrait painted. I, I, I've literally had this exact example happen to me where someone was like, yo, I'm, I'm looking for an artist to paint my father a portrait of my father so i picked up the phone and was like yo i know one right here boom 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 connected the dots and that was it like it any chance that i have to offer value to someone else i don't have to get paid i don't it's not a value exchange it's literally like i see an opportunity i take it i don't second guess i don't get in my head about it i'm literally like if i can add value or help someone in some way shape or form i'm doing it i don't care like that, that's just how I was raised. That's how I handle myself. So, and by the way, that's funny that I randomly made up the portrait painting example that's and you perfect. actually had that happen to you. Um, so how does, ultimately, how does, because uh, uh, I've known a few people in my life, frankly, more than you, it sounds like, who were like their literal, 
reason for being was they, they connected people. Yeah. That's literally what they did. They connected, they were, they were point C that connected point A and point B. And that, that's what they did. And I always wondered like, how did these people get paid? Like, what's the business model to being a connector? Is that something you can shine any light on? I mean, it, it depends. It depends what kind of connecting you're doing. Like if I'm connecting someone for money, for a, a film, for example, right. like I find $3 million to do a horror film, I'm going to get a finder's fee for connecting that dot, right? right. So it, it's stuff like that where you get a percentage of the deal. Me being a talent manager, I get percentages of the deals that I get done for my clients. So I'm a connector in a way. I'm connecting the talent to the brand and vice versa. And then I negotiate and finalize the deal and make sure my client is appropriately compensated and taken care of. And then we make sure the deal, the, the project gets done at a very high level so we can come back, right? And then, yeah, like that's how I connect the dots and exchange that value and I get the percentage, right? So that's that's an example in a way, but I, I think you also don't, you, you can't be afraid to ask like, hey, like, you know, can I get a cut of X, yeah. you know, because I connected those dots and, you know, some people say no see you later and then that's it but like at the end of the day if you once again are able to provide consistent value in as many areas as possible big or small you money will come to you yeah i mean because yeah, why wouldn't why would they say no you can't have a cut of the deal if they're seeing how much value you provided in helping the deal happen in the first place exactly they're gonna want accept, availability for you to help them with future deals it, it, and that's that's it right there you said it like if they're in their right mind and they're not a horrible person, right. they're going to want to to commend you and take care of you because of the assistance that you brought to the table. Because without you, this doesn't happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's just so anytime I'm working with someone, I had a call the other day with a producer. I was like, hey, like if you help get this done, like you're going to get compensated. You're going to be part of the project. Like that's, I want to take care of the people who take care of me. Like, that's just, once again, like, cause if I, if I disrespect you or treat you poorly, Jeff, that's going to be that, like it's mm -hmm. over. So like, I, I don't, I'm not cavalier in how I handle my relationships because trust me, if you don't take them seriously, you're going to miss out on good people, not celebrities, not rich. I'm talking about good people. Okay. Yeah. And there are very few of them in this world. So when you lose them, that's probably because you messed up. Hmm. Yeah. Well said. And, and is it, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me is kind of within the realm of what you do, I would assume that most of it is based on a mutual volunteer or, or I don't know if volunteer is the word, but it's not like contractual. It's not like people say, okay, Brad, you're going to be my, my go-to value human for the next five <laughs> years. It's kind of like every day you have to agree to keep working together because of the value you're offering each other. And if you start dropping the balls, like it's over, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in some circumstances it is contractual and others, it's just a mutual respect. That is that bond that, you know, Hey, if you bring this, I'll take care of you. Like that's, that's how it is. So I, I try to bring value each and every day, no matter what it is. Like, here's an example. Okay. I understand social media is so powerful, right? I understand verification on social media is so powerful. I get people verified all the time. So lately the TikTok boom, right. as you called it, 
is the is the craze. So I'm a creative individual myself. I respect creativity and the time and effort that's put into it. So I've been on TikTok and I'll see someone who's an amazing artist and they've built a tremendous following for themselves. And I reach out and say, I think you're amazing. I love what you do. I've seen the effort you put in. Your brand that you've built for yourself is phenomenal. I want to try to help you get verified. Like, are you down? And mm -hmm. most of them are skeptical, but I'm like, fill this out. We'll get it done. And then Literally in the last eight months, I probably got 40 people verified and I don't ask for anything. I'm really? Like the, I'm like, the that's such a high value service. You literally, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the verification tooth fairy and it's me just blessing people that I can. Like it's not, I, I'd say it's like a 95% guarantee because of the, the high value people that I bring to the table. I understand the requirements that need to be met via TikTok and things like that, but like, the, the lives of the people that I've gotten that badge for have changed so dramatically for the best of ways yeah. because of that verification badge. And that's something that I know you know all too well is so important in this business, especially in the entertainment industry, especially when you're working with big brands and celebrities and talent and public figures and things like that. That's what sets you apart. That's what says this guy's legit or this girl is, is the real deal. You know, so for me to be able to help someone get that who deserves it, I mean, I mean, that that's something that that lights me up because at the end of the day, I'm not asking for anything. I'm building a stellar reputation for myself. I'm building a great relationship with that person I just helped. Who knows where that leads down the road, but it's value and it makes me happy and happiness that it's everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the key is for probably the key conceptual takeaway from what you're talking about is it's not like, it's not like you're getting walked on. It's not like you're just, you know, saying, Hey, my door's unlocked. Come loot my house. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're foregoing the short-term transaction in exchange for the long-term, you know, potential bingo tra transformation or bingo or exponential possibility of of building a relationship that starts with your best foot forward i i'm not into the short-term nonsense I, i'm not into a quick win i right. i don't that does you no good it might help you in that split second but your reputation your relationships the long-term success that everyone wants to have will go you know face first That's so how did I, you i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no 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 go ahead I was going to say, how did you get this way? Because it is not the norm in the world. Did you have a great mentor? Was it like your parents? Like when did I mean, you my, so my mom was, wise. was very, very big on just core values, like leading with kindness. If you can help someone do it. And, and I've, I, for one, get so much joy and happiness out of seeing other people happy. So I'm actively out there trying to make people happy and add value to their lives. So it's fun for me. It's like a game for me. And, and I think if more people actually tried it and, and it's crazy to say that like, hey, Jeff, be crazy and try to be nice to people. But like that's the problem in today's world is so many people are so concerned about themselves that they don't get out of their own way and say, wow, I could really help Jessica with this thing. But but I'm but I'm but I'm too busy, too ignorant, too arrogant, too, too big, too expensive. Yeah, to help. But it's like one act of kindness could change someone's life, could save someone's life. And that that is not dramatic. That is literal. 
okay? And that's the thing that people overlook that, you know, they say, oh, I'm not big enough to help someone. I don't have a big enough brand. I don't have the resources. I don't have this, that, or the other. Like, and, and you, you kind of tiptoed around this earlier where it's like, you have time, you have effort, and you just do the work. Like, for example, um, I was a senior in high school or freshman in college, and I was a acquaintance of Willie Parker at the time. Like he knew me, I knew him. I wouldn't say we were friends at the time. I wanted to be his friend and I was working towards that. Right. 2007, he was leading the league in rushing. Huge accomplishment for an undrafted free agent. Second to last game of the season, he broke his leg, his lower leg and his ankle and was out for the rest of the season. He lost the rushing title to LaDainian Tomlinson because he missed the last two games. He missed out on the financial gain of winning that award. He missed out on why you play the game to accomplish things like that. And he spiraled into a pretty nasty depression. Hmm. So at the time I'm a senior in high school, freshman in college, like young kid. And I'm like, what could I do for this guy to make him happy? He's in a bad spot right now. He's a professional athlete. He's a celebrity. He has money. He has the toys. What could I do as a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old that could impact this guy's life. So caring as we talked about in the first eight minutes of this chat about other people and what I knew about Willie, I knew the one thing that lit him up more than anything was his love and respect for Michael Jordan, his idol, mm. MJ. And I'm like, I'm going to help Willie meet Michael Jordan. And everyone's like, you're crazy, dude. And I'm like, no, like uh, that's swinging for the fence. Like that's what I'm going to do. Two months later, Willie and his entire family went up into Michael Jordan's suite at a then Charlotte Bobcats game. And he watched the Bobcats versus the Lakers in Michael Jordan's suite with Michael Jordan. And he spent the whole night with him. He talked athlete to athlete, friend to friend. It was a very personal conversation. And that dialogue, that opportunity to sit there with his idol. Years later, we're on the field at Heinz Field together during pregame at a Steeler game. And he looks at me out of the blue and says, you helped me meet Michael Jordan. That was the best day of my life. Hmm. What more could you ask for? No one asked me to do it. No one paid me to do it. I saw an opportunity to help someone else. I just did it. So first, I totally get I love it. I get it. I'm inspired by it. I don't Thanks, have man. any skepticism around it, <laughs> but I'm so used to dealing with, you know, hearing the cynical sure. chatter. So like the, the, in it, the ingenuity that it, first of all, just to connect those dots. And secondly, like how the hell to pull it off? I mean, do you mind walking us through not? And if there's something you don't want to give away, that's no, fine. No, but just no. to like, I want to tangibilize this energy for people. So they're like, oh, that's the step-by-step, -step, not the formula, but the, the dynamic of doing this kind of work. Once again, what's the intent behind it? What's the yeah. purpose behind it? Okay. It was one of the top running backs in the national football league. So as far as a pitch goes, I'd say that was pretty ironclad, right? right? <laughs> so that wasn't that difficult, but it was, okay, how do I climb that you ladder? The, you had to get the message. Yeah. But, there. but that's, but you know, this was 2007, 2008, right? We still had Google. We had phone books. Like yeah. the, the, the tools are there if you take the time to use them. So it was like, Michael Jordan manager, Michael Jordan agent, Michael Jordan assistant, assistant at the Bobcats. I, I literally weaved my way through the Bobcats organization. I actually had a friend who worked there in the ticketing department who I threw that by him. He connected me to somebody. I connected to somebody else and worked my way up to literally 
Michael Jordan's partner's assistant. And we had a phone call and she thought I was full of crap. Like she literally got on the phone was like, I, cause I wanted it to be a surprise. But she was like, look, like I have to talk to Willie to, to confirm the details and what I was like, fine. So I called Willie, connected those dots. And when I, when I showed up with him and his family, her face was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is real. But it, it was that time and effort put in. It was not taking no for an answer. When one door closed, I didn't give up. I literally was like, this is going to happen. And around the same time, I, I met a girl with cerebral palsy and I, I was at her birthday party. She invited me to go. I went, I saw how happy she got when she got a gift of David Archuleta's face on a bag and his CD in it. And David Archuleta was a finalist for American Idol at the time. Mm -hmm. And she loved him. And I literally got up from my table. I walked over to her mom. I introduced myself, said, hi, I'm Brad Lambert. Nice to meet you. She's like, hi. I was like, how would you feel if I uh, introduced Jamie to David Archuleta? And she was like, first off, who are you? Secondly, uh, that would be amazing. And I was like, no promises, but I just wanted to ask you first. Two months later, I surprised Jamie and she went backstage at Demi Lovato's concert in Greensboro, North Carolina and met David Archuleta. Same thing one of the greatest days of her life. Hmm. And once again, no one asked me to do it. No one paid me to do it, but I identified an opportunity to add value. Okay. That is the key thing. And these are grand level, like huge scale events, right. On my end, but it doesn't have to be, it could be simple as like caring about your personal situation. Hey, Jeff, that's a great shirt. Hey, that's a nice car. Let me open the door for you. Simple acts of kindness go a long way. And that's that like, people just don't, connect those dots. You know, I, I forget who said it. I think it was Gandhi or somebody. It was like, you know, if you don't think you're big enough to make a difference, be trapped in a room with a mosquito, you know, like mm -hmm. you can make a difference even if you're really small. And at the time I was a freshman in, in college, senior in high school, like I was a nobody, but I just put the time and effort into that. And you talk about the impact on relationships, you know, and the confidence that I got and the reputation that I built and the relationships that I built because I did those things. And yeah. then, you know, down the line, you know, it, it's, it's not a, a uneasy or nervous scenario to, to work with Disney or Marvel or Robert Downey Jr. Like, because you've, you've challenged yourself, you put your feet to the fire and really said, you got to figure this out. You got to get this done. And that's what I did. And then like most recently I came across a three-time cancer survivor who suffered or fought cancer three times in the first 10 years of his life. This kid is a literal superhero and he's only like 21 years old. Okay. And I found out that what made him happy the most was his love and passion for Spider-Man. So me being in the space, working with Downey, working with Marvel, being in that space as a fan myself, I was like, I knew there's something I could do relating to Spider-Man for this kid. So I started brainstorming. I'm like, what, what crazy thing could I do for this kid? I made a few phone calls. I called Sony Pictures up, who I was working with at the time on the campaign for Spider-Man Far From Home. And I got a ticket for him to go to the premiere with me. So he was my plus one on the red carpet. And I surprised him and took him to the Spider-Man Far From Home premiere in the LA. So but that wasn't like, hey, you're going. It was like, I wanted to make an, an experience, mm -hmm. right? So I called him up and I said, hey, I talked to Sony. They want me to do a first look view of this exclusive never before seen footage of Spider-Man Far From Home. I told them about you. They said you could join me. Let's 
record this reaction video for them. So I rented out this little theater room. Me and my team put together this BS trailer and we sat down and we watched it. And about 10 seconds in, I'm like, hey, I have a phone call. I got to take this. You sit there and watch this. I'll run it again with you after I'm done. And he was like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So I leave the room. And that was all BS. I wanted him to be in the room by himself. So I'm literally like peeking through this like sliver of glass and I'm watching this unfold. And he's watching the trailer about 15 more seconds go by and it glitches out like it broke, like the video just dead. And he's like, what the heck is going on? And the, the camera pans down from trees to a building to me walking out of a building. Now, mind you, I just left the room and now I'm on screen. So he's really mind blown at this point. He's like, what the heck is happening? And I'm walked towards the camera and I'm like, what are you doing, man? A reaction video of footage from Spider-Man Far From Home? I was like, look, the trailer's looking amazing and I cannot wait to see this movie, but we don't have time for this right now. I need you to go back to your apartment, put on that suit I told you to bring to LA because we're going to the premiere tonight. And he just lost it. Screaming, crying, mental just it was it was amazing and it was literally no one asked me to do it no one paid me to do it i had the opportunity to bring some much needed happiness to someone who deserved it frankly and i did and we had a great night he got to walk the carpet he got to meet some of the cast he got to see the movie before anybody else and it was his favorite hero and he said the same thing one of the greatest nights of his life and this is what we as, as humans can offer everyone. And it doesn't have to be at a grand scale. Like I, I want people to understand that, especially during a pandemic where depression's at an all-time high, suicide's at an all-time high. People are just not doing okay with the, the, the adversity that everyone's facing. A little act of kindness just goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's – beautiful i'm Thank grateful you, that you're on this earth thanks man <laughs> really um you know it makes me think of uh mother Teresa said said you know look not everyone's gonna do great things but everyone can do small things with great love 100 percent. and you look at her life you, you know her and and you know a lot of people all oh, mother Teresa, like like she was this lowly like Mother Teresa was like had like a billion dollar enterprise. Yeah, yeah. You really try to like value her influence and her resources and her reach and her connections. Like she was a billion dollar business that was literally built with tiny acts of great love with the most disenfranchised people on earth, Indian lepers, that just compounded. That's it. You know, and so like for you, you're like, oh, well, these are big things and not everybody knows a, can get to Michael Jordan or the premiere of a Hollywood movie. You don't start, you don't have to start there. Yeah. You know, but, but, but the way that you are and the way that you've been for years and years and years, I mean, those are some great stories, but I'm going to guess there's dozens, if not hundreds of experiences that nobody even knows and frankly may not even make that great of a story. 100 percent you but know it could have been that's, like that's not why i do it though and that's ma'am you, ma you dropped your credit card yeah like little I mean, it, but but that's what's great yeah, on that note the simple little things right so years ago i was at training camp for the pittsburgh steelers and i'm eating with all my guys on the team and i get up to put my tray away and i'm i actually walk by mr rooney mm -hmm. god bless him we miss him right and i walk by him i throw my trash away and i offer to help him with his tray 
and he actually dropped something. So I picked it up and kind of settled everything for him. And that was it. And he looked at me and said, you're a good man. Mr. Rooney. And for people who aren't Steeler fans, that's like royalty. He's yeah, one yeah. of the he's most a, respected men across the globe. Like he, he's just a good. He's not even just a football owner. He's yeah. like the football owner. Yeah, he is the, the football owner, humanitarian philanthropist yeah. like he's just done good all over the world and and he is that blue collar pittsburgh family core values kindness leadership everything you could ever want to aspire to be and for him to look at me dead in the face and say you're a good man all i did was pick up trash that he dropped like we're talking like base level of being right. a good person and and that was one of the greatest compliments i've ever received and and that's like you said, it doesn't have to be grand gestures, but the, the core of it is I see an opportunity to do something nice for somebody else. Pick up trash, Spider-Man Far From Home premiere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's just identifying the opportunity to do something nice for somebody else, providing that value for somebody else and doing it and not worrying about what you get back in return. Because I promise you, what you do get back in return, guaranteed every time, is happiness. And I know some of you who are listening to this are rolling your eyes, but guess what? When happiness is is very uh, tough to get, especially in a time like this, those moments, those little experiences, the happiness that you bring for somebody else, you get happiness yourself in return. Well, and and for the people who maybe ha they say oh, happiness isn't enough, I want I want lots and lots of money, right? And those sure. those people are out there. Um, although I would argue that intention is a thing, and that you know the your intentions do have an effect on your outcomes, but. How much did you have to invest financially to start the business that you're in? Nothing. Nothing. You literally created capital where there was none by investing in relationships. That's it. So that's so if you're short on money, don't miss the, the point here. Yeah. You can start a business by literally investing in being a good value-focused human. Yeah. I mean, people without people nothing matters. So if, if you invest in people, if you take care of people, I mean, you'll be on your way. But once again, going back to the brand part of this, yeah, I think you have a good idea of who I am and what I'm about after this chat. Right. That's my brand. That's what I'm doing. I'm writing a children's book right now to impact children with core values and things that matter, like kindness at an early age. And making it fun and entertaining, but making an impact on the next generation of this world. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. And then I scale up and I talk to young professionals and college and high school students. Same thing, right? I'm 32 years old. So my demo is like 16 to 35 right now. That's where my sweet spot is. And that's where I'm, I'm doubling, tripling down on that demo because, you know, I want to see people succeed. I want to see people be happy. And if I can say or do something in some way, shape, or form to help you achieve those things, I've done my job. You know, I, I'm trying to reach that younger demo too, but I'm 41. So I got, I got to come in as like more of like the dad figure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like as, as I age, I'm going to age out of that. And then I'll have to slide my my demo as well. So it, it's just identifying it, it where you put your hat at the end of the night and put your flag in the ground and say, this is me. This is my window. This is my demo that I am relatable to. And that's the key word is relatability is is I, I have that success right now because that demo relates to me more so than, you know, Warren Buffett. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's just not the relatability. They, they'll learn stuff from Warren. I respect 
Warren immensely. But the relatability is not there because in the five seconds that I was just talking, Warren just made $5 billion. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's just not, it's not there. So, you know, the people who I talk to that I want there to be some like, you know what, if I put the work in five to seven years, maybe three to five years, I could be Brad. And I'll be like, yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, go get it. You know, and that's, that's the mentality, the, the togetherness that I, I want to aspire and, and push people to do. Yeah. And, you know, talking about your relatable demo, I mean, again, these are, these are our, this is our vernacular. Yeah. Most people have probably never thought about who their relatable demo is or demo. They're like, what are you, are you demolishing a wall? <laughs> no, we mean demographic. <laughs> Give me your song demo. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, well, Brad, man, this is, this has been amazing. I'm, Thank you, I'm so inspired. This is, I had no idea where this conversation was going to go. And I, I didn't know, I knew what you're about, but I didn't really know what you're about. And I'm, I'm glad that I do now, man. The world needs more, more folks like you. Um, how can Thank the you, world man. go get more Brad Lambert? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Brad R. Lambert and uh, hit me up on there. Ask me whatever questions, anything I can do for you, I will uh, try to do for you. And I, I believe that. I really do. Um, I try, man. I try. <laughs> That's all we can do. And, you know, I'm, I'm actively, like I told you, writing the, the children's book. Um, I'm writing a book for more young professionals and adults, more yeah. my demo. Um, and then I'm, I'm working on a, a special TV show that I'm actively pitching right now to, uh, to bring happiness to those who need it the most and inspire the world to hopefully want to do the same. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.